Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell on SEN. Have your say. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a Nutshell for your Tuesday morning. It's the 31st of January 2023. Daniel Pedro back in the chair. Thanks to uh, Matt Donald for filling in yesterday. We'll chat to him as well tomorrow as he continues to fill the chair for Matty Cox down in Melbourne. But nice to be back with you broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 300 01 1170 our open line number or you can text 0457 736 736 all before Joel and Fletch for breakfast all this week on SEN 1170 AM. Our listeners in Queensland you'll get the first hour of Joel and Fletch and then uh, after 6 o'clock local time it'll be uh, Patton Hills uh, but you can always listen on the app. Big show for us today as well over the course of the next hour the two Super Bowl teams have been decided. Go to have a chat with Chris Perkins, our American correspondent. He'll join us in around about an, uh, about 15 minutes' time to talk about all of that. And a lot of news uh, regarding football, soccer as well, the round ball game. Uh, Graham Arnold has signed on again and been a big weekend of the FA Cup, so we'll speak to our football correspondent, John Gallo, as well in about half an hour. But want to hear from you as well, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 or 0457 736 736 if you want to get in contact with us uh, this morning over the course of the next hour. Now, plenty to look at as well in terms of news today. So let's get stuck into some of the headlines. Back page of both the Daily Telegraph in Sydney and also back page of the Courier Mail up in Brisbane. Very big writing, it has to be said. We are not the enemy, says Andrew Abdo. So we talked about this on Friday. Clint Newton was on breakfast last week, uh, I think it was last Thursday, with Jimmy Smith and Jaleesa Apps. Um, and it, it was revealed on Friday that this week they were going to meet. Uh, well, it's going to happen over the next few days. So Andrew Abdo, the NRL chief executive, wants to personally address the game's disgruntled playing group as he prepares for three days of crucial talks with the players' union aimed at ending rugby league's increasingly fraught collective bargaining negotiations. So he's been interviewed by the News Corp papers. Um, he has refuted claims that the NRL were the enemy and spoke of his concerns that head officer's stance was being misrepresented to the players. So we know the coming days will be crucial. We're our only, and we say this a lot, we're only now four and a bit weeks away from the beginning of the NRL season. We are 10 days away from when we're supposed to have this pre-season challenge and still no agreement yet. Uh, there have been trading barbs, as we know, uh, with no end seemingly in sight, prompting threats of industrial action and placing a cloud over the season launch amid fears it could be boycotted by the players. So Andrew Abdo has insisted the NRL offered an unprecedented unprecedented $1.3 million deal that prioritised the players, 
both male and female, and gives them more power than at any point in the game's history. The RLPA, though, says there is more work to do and has accused the NRL of disrespect by announcing a salary cap for this season before the CBA has been finalised. So Andrew Abdo said in this article, some quotes of his uh, in this article across the News Corp papers this morning, this is groundbreaking, an outstanding deal for players. There is no doubt in my mind that information has been presented in a way that has caused trust to be eroded. I want to put to bed the concept of the players being disrespected or me not being engaged in the process. The NRL and NRLW players among the be- are among the best athletes in the world and they deserve to be well paid. He went on to say that's why we have offered our players an unprecedented pay rise. They deserve it because they've made the NRL and NRLW competitions the most exciting to watch. The total player payments are increasing by 37% over the previous deal. And when you break it down, NRL players are receiving a 25% increase. This has not been about disrespecting the players. Nothing could be further from the truth. We have made numerous formal offers to the Players Association. We have listened and actively sought solutions. I know that it is not just about the money, but it then goes on to say, if there is a frustration because the players don't feel like they listened to, perhaps they are not getting the full story, now is the time to come together and fix that. So interesting quotes from Andrew Abdo, as I say, uh, the NRL and the RLPA to meet over the next few days. He also wanted to make it clear that the female game and the women who play it are a priority for the NRL amid criticism over the glow, uh, the the pace of talks related to the NRLW. And he said the commission has identified the growth of the women's game as a real priority. The NRL has been working on trying to finalise and get an agreement with the RLPA for the NRLW to give the female players the certainty they deserve. The RLPA asked us to slow down and not open the NRLW contracting model. The RLPA asked us not to release the 2023 NRLW draw late last year. Abdo, however, does remain, despite all of that, uh, remain confident that a, ge- a deal will get done. 0457736736 or 1300011170. It was interesting over the course of uh, the weekend, I was out with a few friends um, and just having a chat about this and that, love their rugby league. Uh, none of them work in the media, none of them work uh, in the NRL or the RLPA. they just are big fans. Um, and I said this a, f- a few weeks ago, I said it last week, I think half the problem is we don't really know. It has been made a bit more clear over the past couple of weeks what they're really asking for, but even those who do know what they're asking for, um, they just want to get it done. It is a real becoming a real distraction. I think earlier in the month, people probably thought, no, this will not prove to be a distraction. But now four weeks before the start of the season, a highly anticipated season, as I say, the pre-season challenge beginning in just 10 days' time, and we still have this dominating the back page of uh, the paper. So they're going to meet this week. Abdo confident a deal will get done. Um, he says, I think it's very unfair to be painted like the NRL is holding up this process. Um, I have a job to do. I'll see this through. No one likes this. The players want certainty. The clubs want certainty. And the fans want to be hearing about the footy. So we have to get it done. 
Your thoughts on some of those comments from Andrew Abdo, 0457 736 736 or open line is 1300 01 1170. No doubt, Joel and Fletch will be talking more about that after 6am as well. It is something that just needs to get sorted because if this drags on into the beginning of the actual NRL season, which begins, as I say, in four weeks on the 2nd of March, uh, it's going to be proving to be a real distraction. Seven and a half past five in New South Wales, seven and a half past four in Queensland. Cricket, Alan Border medal night uh, last night, and Steve Smith has capped off an incredible 2022 by taking out the Alan Border medal for a record equaling fourth time last night at the awards held in Sydney. So the 33-year-old joins legends Ricky Ponting and Michael Clark as the only men to win the award four times, with Smith also claiming men's cricket's highest honours in 2015, 2018, and also 2021. Uh, The former Test skipper polled 171 votes, finishing in front of Travis Head, who got 144, and David Warner, who got 141. Uh, Both enjoy terrific years with the bat. Uh, So well done to Steve Smith winning his fourth Allen Border medal. He said last night, it felt like I wasn't playing as well as I'd like to. Teams had certain plans for me, and while I was still scoring some runs, I wasn't getting the big runs that I like to score. Uh, The change has helped me immensely. I had to work through a few things, and after watching so much footage, I finally figured out one day everything clicked in the middle and it started to work well for me. Hopefully, I can keep getting better and better. Uh, So well done to Steve Smith. Uh, uh, Smith scored 1,547 runs in 32 matches across all three formats, headlined by a stunning 200 not out against the West Indies. And we know what he did in the Big Bash. We were talking to uh, Andrew Mensal about this menace uh, the other day from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. He'll join me again on Thursday morning uh, to preview a big weekend of the Big Bash and uh, look who's going to take out that title. We'll get his thoughts on Steve Smith winning the Allen Border medal. And Beth Mooney, meanwhile... Uh, has won the Belinda Clark Medal for Belinda Clark Award for the second time. Uh, she is one of the most consistent cricketers for a number of years, also claiming the award back in 2021 and dominating the WBBL as the competition's leading run scorer of all time. Uh, it was a bumper year for her as well as they clinched the Ashes in uh, January. Uh, that won the 50 over World Cup and claimed the gold medal at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, so well done to Beth Mooney, winning the Belinda Clark Award for the second time after she won it in 2021. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 And just before a break, uh, my first chance to speak to you uh, since the Australian Open finals done and dusted. Uh, the women's final, very good on Saturday night. The men's final, and I know we were having a chat on Friday morning with Charlie Goodsir about the Australian Open and how interesting it was this year. Um, I thought the first week, and I said to Charlie, I thought the first week was very, very good. I thought the second week was a bit underwhelming, and they kind of continued into the semifinals on Friday afternoon, the men's semifinals on Friday afternoon um, and Friday night. Uh, Djokovic won pretty easily on Friday night against Tommy Paul. Um, the women's final, as I say, excellent on Saturday night. Three-set thriller. Uh, Sunday, Novak, he was tested against Sitsipas, wasn't he? But it just didn't live up to what we probably would have liked. We would have liked to have seen four sets, definitely five sets, uh, all over in straight sets. And it was a close match. Look, it went for two and a half hours, just over two and a half hours, but still Novak in straight sets. Very different to the final we saw last year when 
Uh, Rafa had to win it in five against Medvedev, one of the better finals of the Australian Open, Australian Open history. But you will get that from time to time. Uh, Andrew Webster in the Sydney Morning Herald writes this morning that Novak is the goat of tennis. Now, it's an interesting one because he divides public opinion. Everyone loves Roger. Most people love Rafa. But is Novak better than both of them? Both of, them? of course, he's won his 10th Australian Open now. Um, and I saw his coach come out and say, look, he still expects Novak to be at the top of tennis for another two or three years. The way he's training, he's just getting better and better. So is Novak, just, be- just because you may not like him, it doesn't mean he's not the best ever. And he still has an opportunity. And yes, we don't know what's happening with the US Open. He may not be able to play there this year. But French Open, definitely Wimbledon. And then we'll be back here again for the Australian Open in 12 months' time. He has a lot more opportunity. He's 35, 36 years old, but he's playing just as well as ever. 15 years since he won his first Australian Open. Is Novak the greatest tennis player of all time? It's very hard to judge. I mean, Roger, just an excellent player. I would still have him probably above Novak, but maybe that's because Roger probably... um, was probably a bit more likable. 0457 736 736 or 1300 Is Novak the best player, the best tennis player of all time? Is he the GOAT? 1300 1170 the open line number. You can text 0457 736 736. I'll get to your text in just a second. Also on the other side of this, the two soap Super Bowl teams have been, uh, well, not announced. They've won both yesterday. Chris Perkins was watching every second of it yesterday, and we'll have a chat with him. Also, a little later on, John Gallo will talk football. It's 13 past five in New South Wales, 13 past four in Queensland. 0457 736 736, the text number. You can call 1300 01 1170. On the other side of this, we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. It is. It is 17 past five in New South Wales, 17 past four in Queensland. 0457 736 736 is our text number. You can call 1300 01 1170. We'll get to your text shortly asking you this morning, the NRL, RLPA, are you over it? Are you on someone's side? Is Novak Djokovic the best tennis player of all time? Is he uh, the GOAT? Anything else you want to talk about in sport? A lot of other rugby league news floating around that we'll get to over the course of the next little bit as well. Well, but let us cross to America now. Speak to our American correspondent, Chris Perkins, who is on the line. Morning to you, Chris. Well, good morning. Uh, Happy post-championship Sunday. Yes. uh, Now, I will talk to you a little later on about the tennis. Uh, I have a few things to ask you about that. But firstly, let us get on uh, to the NFL. So the Super Bowl has been decided. The Eagles and the Chiefs will be in the Super Bowl in just under two weeks' time. How did you see both of those matches? Uh, well, I, for the, the 49ers and the Eagles, the Eagles, I, I think they almost got lucky in the fact that the San Francisco 49ers simply ran out of quarterbacks this year. Uh, they, they had Trey Lance start the season. He gets hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo has a nice run in the middle of the season. He gets hurt. Brock Purdy comes in, seventh round Mr. Irrelevant, rookie uh, seventh round draft pick, uh, has a nice run. He hurts his elbow sixth play from scrimmage yesterday for the 49ers. Uh, got hit as he was about to throw. Ball came loose, fumble. He winds up with, a, at the very least, a sprained uh, ulnar collateral ligament in his elbow. He had to leave the game. So the Niners have to turn to their fourth quarterback, Josh Johnson. 
Mm. Uh, things were okay. It was 7-7 seven, seven late in the first half. Eagles get a touchdown, take the lead, and, and then um, he fo- drops a snap. It's recovered by the Eagles. They get a short field. All of a sudden, going into halftime, they're up 21-7. And, and at that point, you're feeling, yeah, the Eagles have complete control of this. And the feeling was enhanced when Johnson gets hurt. He has to go off in the concussion protocol. So they bring Brock, Brock Purdy back in, who can't throw the ball more than about two yards down the field. They're having to run the ball, and at, at that point, the, the game was over for, for San Francisco. So it's going to be a case of the Niners feeling like you know they had a great team. They'll still have a great team next year, but you just could not beat the injury bug this year, ultimately. Yeah, 100%. That game finishing 31-7. to The other game, a lot closer. Chiefs 23 over the Bengals 20. This is a very good game. Yeah, and, and this one this one lived up to the hype for as good as it was. And now, it wasn't the offensive showpiece I thought it would be. Uh, the defenses really came to play, especially the Chiefs defense. Uh, their defensive line, they were getting in Joe Burrow's kitchen pretty much all night. Uh, especially in the first half. But, you know, 20 all late in the game, Chiefs get it. And, you know, the one of the big talking points is going to be the final scrimmage play before Harrison Bucker's 45-yard game-winning field goal with uh, three seconds left is when Mahomes, who was, on a, was basically on one leg. Normally you see Patrick Mahomes run around, scramble, make plays. He was not doing that last night, but he saved it up. For that one moment when the Chiefs really needed it, and it was a play from the Bengal 42 late in the game. We're in the dying, we're inside 20 seconds in the fourth quarter in a tie game, trying to get the Chiefs in field goal range. He gets pressured, he scrambles to his right, gains a few yards, but as he steps out of bounds, or after he stepped out of bounds, Joseph Osai hit him on the sideline. He was already mm. out of bounds. Flag comes in at the 15-yard penalty, takes what would have been a 60-yard field goal attempt for Harrison Butker, which is, and I'll be generous here, a marginal field goal attempt, turned it into a 45-yard field goal that Butker absolutely drilled to, to send the Chiefs onto the onto Super Bowl 57. Well, yes, uh, so that is the Super Bowl. Now, a couple of weeks uh, to go before, and we're going to be talking uh, to you over the next few weeks, What yes. uh, what's involved with the two teams now? I want to get your early prediction in a bit, but the next two weeks, of course, it's in 13 days' time, Monday morning uh, here, I believe, I think it's the 13th of February. What uh, do the two teams now have to go through in preparation for one of the biggest sporting events in the world? Well, I mean, it'll be kind of a, it'll probably be a light week for both teams, especially for the guys who are injured. This is, this is going to be a week where Patrick Mahomes, if he does anything more strenuous than reading stuff or watching video, the, the Chiefs coaching staff may beat him to death if he tried to do anything more strenuous than that. This is going to be a case of just rest, get that ankle healthy, because a high ankle sprain is typically a three- to six-week injury. Super Bowl Sunday would be about the three-week mark. Mm. Um, so hopefully he's 100% or he's close to it. He will look a lot better than he did yesterday on, on that right ankle. Uh, but it's going to be, you know, somewhere, you know, there'll be some practice, just 
light stuff. There will be a lot of film studies this week. Then next week, uh, the teams will go to Glendale. They'll be in. They'll be at the Super Bowl site pretty much all week for media day and then practices leading up to the game on uh, Sunday, February twelfth, here in the United States. Yeah, and I was going to say, I was going to ask you, it, with the NRL and the AFL uh, here, now obviously we only have a one-week uh, preparation to our grand final, not two, but uh, both of the sides uh, who are involved in particular from an NRL point of view have media commitments throughout the week and then really do shut up mm-hmm. shop probably about 72 hours before uh, the grand final. Was that sort of similar to what we would expect, not obviously this week because we are two weeks away, but towards the uh, end of uh, the uh, end of next week, heading into the Super Bowl in just two weeks' time? I don't necessarily say shut up shop, mm. but I, you know, they'll, they'll try to treat it as just a normal week of practice. Okay. Now, you can't do it when you're 800 or 1,500 miles from home and you've got the media of the world. Mm. Uh, focused on everything that goes on revolving around the Super Bowl. But they're going to try to keep it as normal as possible. The, there's going to be plenty of storylines. And, you know, the coaching staffs, they'll try to keep the focus on them instead of the players. Um, they'll certainly try to. And one of the big storylines is going to be, of course, this week, Andy Reid, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. His previous job before he was the coach of the Chiefs, he was the coach of the Eagles. This this game can almost you Mm. can almost call this the Andy Reid Bowl. Mm. Add to the fact that he's in his sixties, and there's at least a little bit of talk you hear that maybe this will be his final game Mm. as a head coach. So the the storylines kind of write themselves. I and for Andy Reid, I I think he's already earned himself a gold jacket and a bust at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. But a second Super Bowl title, tack on the fact it'd be against the, the team that got rid of him a decade ago, you may make it even more special for him to, to go out like that. The storylines are already starting to come, and we're, what, still two weeks away from uh, the actual match oh, being, yes. being played. Now, we're going to speak many times. Bro, yeah, go on. Yeah, throw in the fact that the Kelsey brothers are going to play against each other. Jason Kelsey, the older brother, he's the center for the Eagles. Travis Kelsey's the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. They get to play against each other. So I I think you may say the big winner of of the Super Bowl is going to be Donna Kelsey, uh, their mother. Yes, she can't uh, lose yeah. either way. One of her boys is going to win a Super Bowl ring. That'd be difficult, though. That would—I mean, it'd be very good. She'd mm. be very happy, but uh, yeah, it'd be very difficult to. Who would she support? I suppose she'd just have to be neutral. And she, she kind of hope they don't get hurt. Exactly, exactly. And that, hope, that would be a mom. That that would be mama's thought. Would be just don't let my babies get hurt. And hope they play. Play well, play well, uh, both of yeah, uh, absolutely. them. We're going to speak many times between now and, of course, when the Super Bowl is on. In fact, I'm pretty sure we'll be on that Monday morning, uh, so we'll definitely have a chat on that Monday morning, uh, Monday week. But mm-hmm. your early thoughts, and you can change your mind in the next couple of weeks, but if you had to pick a winner now, are you leaning towards one team? And as I say, we're still two weeks away, of course, from starting, so you can change your mind. But your early, early prediction, Chris? I've got no lean right now. I will say uh, the Eagles, they have they look like they have no holes. 
their defense, I, I even, you know, right off what happened yesterday. Yesterday was just weird. Their defense this season, mm. what they did two weeks ago or the week before against the New York Giants, they annihilated a really, really a decent New York Giants team, 38-7. to That defense that, that uh, Philadelphia has, they are straight up nasty um, going against pretty much anybody. I want to see them match up against this Chiefs offense because that is strength on strength. And also, the other side of the ball, kind of the same thing. The Chiefs defense may be a little underrated uh, compared to the Philadelphia offense, but that's the defensive line for the Chiefs. I want to see if they can get pressure on Jalen Hurts and put him on the ground. Those, those are the matchups I watch. I lean very slightly right now to Philadelphia, though. But that's an early look, and it's going to depend more on how Mahomes is feeling as we get closer. Yeah, looking forward uh, to it all. We'll be talking a lot about it over the next couple of weeks. Now, before I let you go, I just want to spend a couple of minutes talking about the tennis. Now, a couple of weeks away, a couple of weeks ago, I asked you to give you uh, your predictions. Um, and look, you did go Nick Kyrgios uh, in the men's side firstly, but uh, he pulled out straight away. So he let you have another go and you went Sitsipas and, well, Chris, it was all looking good up until about Sunday night at about 9pm here when it started to look pretty bad uh, for you. Did you manage to catch any of the final against Novak? I didn't get a chance to, to catch any of the final. I saw it was a, a, a demolished, it, it was a demolition job, basically, by Novak. Uh, basically, Sitsipas, he, sh- he had a shot in that match. Mm. Right to the moment the chair umpire said play, <laughs> it, it, it did seem that way. Um, look, I, I would say, <laughs> he, look, he he did take the second and the third set to tiebreakers, but he just he, he just couldn't convert, could he? Um, and it just goes to show and to close the deal exactly. And especially when you're playing, uh, well, he's not the world number one player, but he is probably still the best player in the world. And there's an article, and I mentioned it at the Tohomai show here. Um, in one of the papers in Sydney today about Novak and asking, is he the GOAT? Um, is he the best player ever in tennis? And it's hard to dispute it. Of course, he's won 10 Australian Opens alone. I think it's 22 Grand Slams. Now he's still got opportunity to win more. You're a keen, avid watcher of tennis. Do you put him ahead of Roger and Rafa, or do you still have at least Roger ahead of Novak? It, it's it's a divisive one because I think Roger and Rafa definitely more popular, but Novak just a brilliant player. Yeah, Novak, I would say, maybe leads by a nose right now. I mm. think of this as a horse race, mm. and, and it is three horses at, with 100 meters to go. In line, I think maybe Novak is putting nose in front mm. right now with, with 22 slams. But, you know, Rafa and Federer, you can make the case for all three of them. Yeah. And it's going to be whatever your personal preference is. Is it dominance at one major? Is mm. it more of an all-around great player who has won – kind of more an even number of majors at each of them because each major is different. You got the two hard court ones, you got the clay court in Paris, mm. and you've got Wimbledon on grass. Mm. Every court's different. Do you take a a, a guy who is a who's specifically a clay court guy like Rafa or more of a generalist who who can win on all surfaces? Mm. 
it's it's whatever your uh, your preferred taste is. But yeah. maybe Novak has just put that nose slightly in front. We're we're still looking at a photo finish, though. Yeah, and it will be interesting as well uh, in terms of Novak. What happens with the U.S.? Of course, at the moment, as it stands right now, if the U.S. Open was today, he wouldn't be able to play it. Um, which does hurt him a bit, doesn't it? Because uh, he, he could, yeah, I mean, whether he's going to win the uh, French Open anyway is probably a big question mark, but he would love uh, the chance to get back to America and play the US Open. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Chris, great stuff. We will talk to you again on Friday morning uh, as the anticipation for the Super Bowl builds, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more news around then. We'll chat then. Sound, sounds good. Yeah, the hype machine will be uh, running at full force for the next two weeks over here with, with the Super Bowl, but we'll we'll be around it. I imagine. So thanks, mate. We'll talk to you Friday. Have a good day. Chris Perkins on the line from America. He'll be back with me, as I say, on Friday. We do that all for Makita. This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. We'll take a break in a second. A few texts as well. Get to them 0457 736 736. Asking you this morning about the NRL and the RLPA. If you've just woken up, just switch the radio on. Back page of the Daily Telegraph in Sydney. Back page of the Courier Mail in Brisbane. We are not the enemy. Andrew Abdo has given a pretty wide-ranging interview to uh, the News Corp papers. Some interesting things he has to say, but he wants to get the deal done. Will they? Let's find out. 0457 736 736. And Novak Djokovic, is he the GOAT? Andrew Webster wrote an article in today's Sydney Morning Herald. Is he the best tennis player of all time? And just on that, uh, Yeovil Treeman has texted in on 0457 736 736 saying, Hi, Dan. Djokovic is certainly in the argument as the greatest male tennis player of all time, along with Fedra. I'm probably showing my age, but I will always place Rod Laver at the top of my list uh, with around twice as many career titles than any of the Djokovic, Rafa and Fedra uh, era. We can only wonder how many Grand Slam events he might have won had he not been banned for five years, a time when he was constantly ranked number one in the world and still the only player to achieve the Grand Slam twice. That from the Oval Truman, yes. Um, Rod Laver, of course, Rod Laver Arena, named after him in Melbourne. I wasn't around to see Rod Laver, but from all reports, he has to be in that uh, conversation as well, alongside Roger Rafa Novak. Who is the greatest tennis player of all time? Is it Novak? 0457 736 736 or 1-300-01-1170. couple more texts there. We'll get to them on the NRL, also on the tennis. We'll do that on the other side of the break. Plus, we'll talk football with John Gallo. We will do it next. It is 26 minutes to, five, uh, to 6 o'clock in New South Wales, 26 minutes to 5 in Queensland. Break, back with more. Yeah, certainly is. Good to have your company. It's 22 minutes to 6 New South Wales time, 22 to 5. Joel and Fletch coming up for breakfast after 6am through SCN 1170. Our Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of that um, and then Padding Heels after 6am local time. Let's talk football now with our football expert, John Gallo. He's on the line. John, good morning to you. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Uh, yeah, very, very well. Hope you had a good weekend. Now, we'll get to the FA Cup in just a second, but uh, news coming through yesterday, and it was been around over the past couple of days, but Graham Arnold, uh, after a successful World Cup campaign for the Socceroos, signed uh, for another four years. Firstly, your, your take on that? Um, he was under a lot of pressure heading into the World Cup. Uh, World Cup. Let's face it, uh, if Andrew Redmayne uh, doesn't get us to the World Cup, he probably doesn't have a job. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it was a bit of a surprise, that mere reason, because, yeah, 
as you said, against Peru. Uh, people were coming into that game in the qualifier for the World Cup saying that if Graham Arnold doesn't beat qualifiers for the World Cup, that he would be out of a job the following morning as soon as. And that would probably, you know, would be true as much of a, you know, was a bit of a joke of a statement to make. There was some probably truth to that as well. Um, so we got there on the whim of, of Redmayne's performance in the penalty shootout, which was fantastic getting us to the World Cup. And then the performance of the World Cup was, was unbelievable. You know, it was absolutely stunning what the Socceroos achieved in that World Cup. And, and Graham Arnold, you know, had the belief of the playing group. They inspired uh, from the words of what Graham Arnold was telling them during the game and at half time. So he's, he's won over the players for sure, which is the major thing to do as a manager is to win over the players and have the players want to play for you and want to play for your country. And he has that same passion and, and real desire to lead the Socceroos uh, at every game and every stage. And you can see that in, in Graham Arnold's press conferences and the way he goes about it. I, I think from a tactical point of view, he's no Pep Guardiola. He's no Mikel Arteta. You know, he's going to keep things fairly simple. Uh, but, you know, simple is effective at times. And, and that's probably the way that Australia is best known for, going for a simple approach and trying to play to our strengths and not trying to do something that we're not so good at. I think that's the key for Graham Arnold as a coach. He, he sticks to what he knows and he gets the best out of the players because of that. And I think he's, uh, he's been rewarded for it, I think, justifiably as well. I think it keeps the, the, the ground settled with Graham Arnold as well, having the one manager extend for another four years going into the next World Cup. And obviously, we'll have the Asian Cup in between that as well. So it just keeps the stability in that playing group and in the national side as well. And I think that's great. And already Graham Arnold's come out yesterday after re-signing for four years and saying how much government funding yeah, he needs. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, and I think that's really a really valid point to make. I think he's echoed that for some time, Graham Arnold, over the last two or three years. And, and I really I believe that being in football for a long time myself and seeing it over a long period of time, you can see the lack of funding in the government, not just at a Socceroos level, but he's talking more specifically down to the grassroots level. There's a lot of clubs out there uh, that are struggling to go financially and they haven't got that support that um, the government has, uh, has should be throwing at a sport like football, particularly when you look at football as the highest participation sport out of uh, girls and boys in Australia. So the lack of funding it gets, it, it's quite terrible at the moment. But, uh, yeah, he's been on the front foot straight away and I think he's a real good ambassador for football in this country as well. Yeah, he said yesterday uh, we've been underfunded for years and it's time that they stepped up. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, the kids we have here in Australia, so many fantastic kids that can do something special and it's our job to help those kids fulfil their dreams. His contract, worth up to $6 million, will also involve Arnold providing mentorship to the coaches of Australia's men and men's youth national teams and also supporting Football Australia's Chief Football Officer Ernie Merrick with talent identification and pathways and working with the FA to ensure football uh, grassroots to the elite has access to the best facilities and infrastructure. So Graham Ardle, coach of the Socceroos, at least, uh, according to his contract, at least for another four years. Uh, let's turn our attention, John, to the FA Cup. Look, there are a heap of matches over the weekend. We'll just focus on some of the big results. Uh, the first one, the first match was a big one. Man City won, defeating Arsenal nil. Yeah, Pep Guardiola versus Mikel Arteta and some tout this result as the... Uh the master getting it over the apprentice um, I think look fantastic game of football and, and really close between both sides there wasn't anything in between it is a real showpiece of why these sides are where they are in the Premier League first versus second in the Premier League of course and and why Mikel Arteta has been touted as, as the next Pep Guardiola uh, himself and it was such a great battle tactically 
from a playing perspective, the one-on-one matchups across the field were a real joy to watch. I, I know Arsenal probably weren't at full strength themselves. Uh, no Saliba was no starting. Odegaard wasn't starting. So they were missing some of the, the key regulars in that starting 11 that Mikel Arteta would normally go for. But Manchester City went with the strongest 11 from the start and they, they showed that overall superiority in the end in their result. But it was a closely fought game. There was hardly anything in between the two sides for large periods. I think overall, I think City deserved the, the win. I think there was just a few more players on that park that played a little bit better for City than, than Arsenal, for example. But uh, it was a great game of football and a uh, well-deserved result for Man City going 1-0. They, they want to go deep into the FA Cup as well. I think that's important for Pep Guardiola in terms of taking the pressure off from City fans. There's got a lot of high expectations at City, and, and rightly so, when you're spending over $200 million in the space of two years. Uh, it's expected that they do well in the cup competitions as well as domestically. So good result for City. Uh, for Arsenal, slightly disappointing for them, but I think they'll turn the attention now to the Premier League and, and focus from there. No surprise to see both Leicester City 1 over Walsall, nil, and Leeds United getting a win over Accrington Stanley 3-1. Yeah, no surprises there, really. Two, two, two clubs have been struggling in the Premier League, Leicester City and Leeds United, and getting a lot of pressure from their fans as a result. So this will do Brendan Rodgers and Jesse Marsh the world of good, and now they can press on and hopefully go deep into the FA Cup from this type of result as well. Sheffield Wednesday, your team, they had a draw with Fleetwood 1-all, so they'll have to be uh, replaying. Blackburn and uh, Birmingham also had a two-all draw. Southampton, a good win at 2-1 over Blackpool. That would have been a, I mean, that would have been favourite going into it, Southampton, but it still would have been a danger game for them. Yeah, absolutely. If they were to lose this and, and bow out of the FA Cup, I mean, I think it would have been very difficult for, for Southampton to cop that, you know, from a playing perspective and the morale and the confidence and the dressing would have taken a huge hit because obviously they're down the relegation dogfight at the moment. They're, they're last in the Premier League, so they need every bit of confidence that they can get at the moment. So this win and taking them to the fifth round of the FA Cup in a, in a few weeks' time when it's played will do them the world of good. So I think it's a good win for Southampton, a strong win, hopefully for them. And their sake, they can press on for the rest of the season. Ipswich and Burnley had a nil-all draw. Bristol beat West Brom 3-0. Uh, Luton, uh, Luton Town and Grimsby Town, two towns meet, uh, two all, so they'll have to play again. Uh, Fulham and Sunderland, one all. Tottenham, big win over Preston. No surprise, 3-0 over Preston. Yeah, good win. Good win for Spurs, and I think again it takes the pressure off Conte. I need. I think he desperately needs to have a deep FA Cup run. I just think this is the only real one chance of winning a trophy. And uh, there's a lot of talk at the moment. Harry Kane maybe uh, not looking to re-sign at Spurs, and, and one of the reasons is because of his age. He's, he's in, 30, in his early 30s, Harry Kane now, and I think the fact that they haven't won a trophy since he's been there has been a big disappointment for, for Harry Kane. And I think if there was one trophy that he'd want to win for Spurs, I think it would be the FA Cup, and that's the one realistically that they could win. I mean, they'd love to win, obviously, the Champions League and the Premier League and things like that, but just from a realistic point of view, I think the FA Cup is the one shot they've got to win the trophy, so I think it's important for Conte and Spurs they, they do well in this Cup competition and they continue to uh, win these cup of, uh, type of results. Uh, Man United defeated Reading 3-1. No real shock there. I want to talk to you about this. Brighton 2 over Liverpool 1. Liverpool's season just continues yeah. to get worse and worse. Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, for Robert De- Roberto Deserve, it keeps getting better and better. Um, that's, mm. that's the opposite. I mean, Trossard's left and gone to Arsenal. Consado is looking to sign to Arsenal in the next couple of days, rumoured at least. Um, and I think the fact they've lost their stars, Brighton and still winning games of football, you know, hats off to Roberto Deserve. They've been playing some wonderful football. And even at the time when Graham Potter left to go to Chelsea, he's really transformed that club and still got it, getting great performances. 
and uh, and great results to, to to go with it. And I think, you know, this goes to show again that, that the lack of progress that's been made this season from Liverpool. I mean, we're all expecting Liverpool to find form and turn their season around, and yet the same poor performances along with the poor results keep happening every single weekend and across all competitions now, obviously not just in the Premier League, but also in the FA Cup. It's worrying signs, very much so, for, for Jurgen Klopp. And he admits that there's a, a real uh, issue there at the moment and he doesn't know whether it's, it's what he is, he's saying as a coach. He isn't getting through to the players. Maybe some of the players have, have gotten over in a way of, of Jurgen Klopp and, and probably want a new manager, a new voice in that dugout. I don't know. It's very difficult times at Liverpool and uh, they need to find something or other. They need to find form. They need to find that belief and confidence because at the moment they're playing like a, you know, a side that uh, hasn't ever played with each other before and there's no understanding, no cohesion on that on that football pitch. Just a real concerning time for Liverpool at the moment. Brighton done fantastically well and I hope for Brighton's sake they go deep into the competition. I think this will do Roberto De Zerbi the world of good in terms of continually winning over the Brighton fans. Um, and the other games across the weekend, Stoke City 3 over Stevenage 1. We had Wrexham and Sheffield United have a 3 all draw. And just quickly, you expect West Ham to get over, up over Derby County today. That match kicking off in just under an hour's time. Yes, I do. And I think for David Moyes' sake, he'll be desperate to go again, have some kind of FA Cup run. I think this is their one chance of winning some type of uh, silverware. I think, uh, yeah, if they can get a win against Derby, I think they'll really press on West Ham. So I hope that's for their sake they can get the result. Yep, uh, that's good. And, of course, we will have uh, the English Premier League back in action this weekend as well, which I think everyone misses. FA Cup's Cup's great, but everyone loves watching the English Premier League, and that's back on uh, this week. Thank you, John. We'll chat on Friday. We'll preview another big weekend, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of other football headlines around as well. Absolutely, mate. We'll take care of yourself, and uh, I'll talk to you later on the week. Thank you, mate. John Gallo talking all things football here as well with Chris Perkins and Charlie Goodsell will be back with me on Friday morning. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy the open line number, or you can text 0457 Not too far away from breakfast with Joel and Fletch. Just through uh, the A-League results over the course of the weekend as well. Of course, started back on Thursday on the public holiday with Sydney FC 2 defeating Melbourne Victory 1. We had Newcastle Jets 4 over Brisbane Raw, nil. Wellington Phoenix and Perth Glory had a two-all draw. MacArthur and Western United also had a two-all draw, as did the Central Coast Mariners and the Western Sydney Wanderers. And then on Sunday, Melbourne City and Adelaide had a three-all draw. That was the A-League from the weekend. couple of texts I'll get to. We'll do that after the break to wrap things up. 0457 736 736, the text number or open line. 1300 01 1170. It's coming up to 10 minutes to 6 in New South Wales. 10 to 5. Yeah, 0457 736 736. Uh, text from one of our new listeners who started tuning in last week. Alan Jones is back here. Alan Belford Jones. Uh, he's listing in the Southern Highlands this morning, apparently, and got some new listeners. So thank you for uh, the text there, Alan. Thank you. Um, and also this one from the Chookman as well. Uh, NRL, do the players realise one of the main reasons they are getting paid so well is the fans? If they didn't get the pay TV or go through the turnstiles, they would be getting a lot less. True. Uh, he also says in terms of who the greatest tennis player of all time is, been having that debate this morning, Rafa, Roger, Novak, potentially, uh, of course, uh, Rod Laver as well. Uh, he says, a federal for me, he could serve volley and went to the net. So that one from the Chook Man. Thank you for that text. Keep them coming in for Joel and Fletch. They're coming up after the 6 a.m. news. Coming up on the show, uh, Brendan Cow will join them and also Lee Hatchpen, tell us Tuesday regular on breakfast. Thank you for your company today. 
day. Tomorrow on the show, we'll cross down to Melbourne, have a chat with Matt Donald, uh, talk about some of the big sporting issues of the week. He's host of Tradies News down there. Joel and Fletch coming up for breakfast after the 6am news. For our Queensland listeners, you'll take the first hour of them, and then it'll be Patton Heels from 6am local time. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning from 5am. Have a great day. News and then breakfast. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.